Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. This is chapter 15 of our book, The Golden Chain by Albert O. Liston. If you have been following along, you know that the book is broken up into three sections, but for those who don't know, the first eight chapters are man's predicament, the next five chapters are our relationship to Jesus, and the last five chapters are the divine plan to its climax. Today, we are on chapter 15, The Hour Draws Near. We come to the final developments in the plan of salvation. No greater scenes can stir mortal minds than those that will cluster about the closing events of this earth. In the glorious resurrection, who will arise in the glory of a new life? Those who repented and believed, who have demonstrated faith by actions without regard to boundary of creed or dogma. The risen saints are the true followers of light in all periods of history. What of the millions of children who were not accountable? What of the mentally incapable the multitudes in the utter bondage of darkness. Their lives are in the hands of the Almighty who in his prescience, prescience, I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Anyways, he knows the course that every soul would have taken if he were fully accountable. It's just because he knows what would have happened no matter what you would do. We know that he will go to the extreme limits of his mercy to save every precious jewel if some cannot be saved in mercy, they will sleep as though they had not been. There can be no penalty where there is no knowledge. Only where choice operates can there be a just penalty. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. 1 Corinthians 15, 50-53 Note the sequence of change in our nature. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We shall all be changed. This corruptible must put on incorruption. This alteration is not merely a physical adaptation to the heavenly condition, it's a cleansing of our moral nature. mortal nature. No man, Enoch, Moses, or Elijah, however consecrated, can go to heaven as he is. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to it, the redemption of our body, Romans 8.23. Though we are covered by imputed righteousness, we still die as frail and faulty human beings in ourselves unfit for heaven. When we contemplate his purity and excellence, we shall see our own weakness and poverty and defects as they really are. We shall see ourselves lost and hopeless, clad in garments of self-righteousness like every other sinner. We shall see that if we are ever saved, it will not be through our own goodness, but through God's infinite grace. That quote can be found in Christ Object Lessons, page 159. The righteous dead wait in calm and quiet, the mighty change which takes place 
when the voice of Christ will call them forth. Under the Syrian skies, upon the Mesopotamian plains, and in the valley of the Nile live Jacob, Abraham, and Sarah, Joseph, and countless others. They knew trials and hardships, romance and joy of life. Their graves are known to the watchers of the heavens. They're precious in the sight of the eternal. How wonderful the day of resurrection, for the creator of the universe has no need to gather the individual and identical particles that once formed the person. It is as easy for him to restore in new and sinless material the soul, the total personality and character as it would be to replace a missing member of the body at that time. No physical defects, no marks of age, no marks of sin will be allowed in heaven. Yes, there will be one exception upon the body of our Lord, for the healed wounds of the cross will forever remain, in order that we may never forget redemption's cost. At the resurrection will come forth the same personality, but not the same material. The organic structure is new, but the individuality is preserved. Well, why is this difficult to believe? Even in this life, the body is continually being reconstructed by fresh cells. It's a miraculous process in itself. Our personal identity is preserved in the resurrection, though not the same particles of matter or material substance as went into the grave. A much finer material will compose the human body, for it's a new creation, a new birth. That can be found in Manuscript 76, 1900. How marvelous the record books of heaven. By what accurate means does the Creator hold for future reference and for final reconstruction the description of character and personality for all the billions who have lived upon this earth? If you wish something to test the power of your imagination, try in some way to comprehend the heavenly records. And we pride ourselves upon the methods we've developed in our human sphere, but the precision and detail of the celestial blueprints and specifications for every person who's ever lived are on file for future reference. To sense the wonder of this fact, imagine a telephone directory with every name on earth, and for each name, the complete formula by which the person might be duplicated. Multiply this by all the generations of the past. Add the record of every thought and action and word, even the stored memories of a lifetime, and you catch a glimpse of God's library of human reference. We marvel at the statement that the hairs of our head are numbered, and we count it as a possible exaggeration of language for effect, but what about heaven's record that can duplicate the cells, the tissues of each human structure, and return even the thoughts and memories of the mind that has been disintegrated for millenniums? It's by these records that men are judged, and by these divine authentic copies, men are recreated. When we consider the dead of all generations, we realize that the earth is a vast graveyard and that death is the territory of the evil one. Satan claims the bodies that are locked in the tomb. He gave ground slowly when the Son of God arose, for no soul that dies would rise again if the evil one had his way. The only reason every man has not perished eternally is that Christ did not commit one sin. 
in spite of all the men and women who are counted worthy of receiving eternal life, none can inherit glory as they are. In the list of those who died in faith, the final words are, These all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Those vital promises include the restoration of everything that Adam lost. Dominion, territory, life, and sinless nature. Not one of these has been restored in full to any of the faithful who have lived on the earth. Unless the day of change arrived, in fact, then our conversion and our striving have been in vain, and we are perished utterly. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience that, after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. So, uh, I'm not sure I agree with him about that, because Elijah went to heaven. He's changed. Moses went to heaven. He's changed. Elijah, Moses, who else? Enoch, he's changed. Jesus was changed once from... Okay, so the last paragraph. The early Christian church was filled with the vision of the coming of the Lord. If we today have lost the sense of the immediacy of the Lord's coming, then we've lost the spirit of the Advent message. No enthusiasm for the appendages or paraphernalia of the work can take the place of the inner desire for his appearing, we can by our actions say, My Lord delayeth his coming, and justify the course we take with with many an argument, but we're no longer Adventists at heart if we thus deny his soon return. All Adventists, everyone who believes in the coming of the Lord, are Adventists. Let's not lose that enthusiasm for the coming of Jesus. It's drawing near, brothers and sisters. God bless you today. And next Sunday, we will go to The Sinless Nature, Chapter 16.